It is Friday. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Beercast on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. I am Drew. My co-host, Schmitty, is not with me at the moment, but he will be uh, part of the show later on in upcoming segments, and he might even join us for this segment. I'm still not entirely sure, uh, but we will uh, hang tight and hope that he joins us. But the rest of the show, uh, Schmitty went to, and you heard us talk about it on, on past episodes, Schmitty attended Camp Fair State. Uh, this past weekend, I unfortunately couldn't. I was out of town uh, for the morning show, but uh, Schmitty attended and he got to talk to a handful of people out there, uh, including Minnesota Barbecue Company, Eat for Equity, and things like that. So we're going to bring you in the upcoming segments those interviews that Schmitty conducted while he was at Camp Fair State. Uh, in the meantime, though, I am very pleased to be joined by uh, the newest addition to the Minnesota craft beer scene. Opening up today, I've got on the line with me Jordan and Max from Clutch Brewing Company. Good. How you doing, guys? Not too bad. How you doing? I'm so used to saying good morning. I almost said good morning, but this doesn't play in the morning, and so I'm, uh, I apologize. appreciate you guys uh, joining me because I know, man, opening a brewery is just a nonstop cavalcade of chaos, and thank you for taking a few minutes out of it to uh, to spend with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on, man. So uh, let's talk first. Clutch Brewing Company. Uh, you guys are just opening up today. I want to spend some time talking about your your space and the place that you're opening it because it is very, it's a very unique concept and it's a, it's a it's going to be a tap room like no other in the Twin Cities. But first, let's start with the most important aspect of all of this. Let's talk about your beer, man. What do what, what do we got uh, on tap at at Clutch Brewing Company? Right now, we got. Uh five different beers on tap that we're going to be opening up with, and we'll be adding a couple more in um, as we go along here in the next uh, few days. But, uh, yeah, on tap right now we have our uh, out-of-style uh, hoppy cream ale. Um, we have a citrus wheat, uh, dry hop Hefeweizen, uh, smoked black IPA, and our milk stout, um, which is also on nitro. Okay, two things really jumped out to me in those descriptions right there. So let's let's talk about them a little bit. A hoppy cream ale and a smoked black IPA. Did I hear that right? Yeah, you heard that right. <laughs> All right. Tell me about the the hoppy cream ale first. Back to I'll take that one. Yeah, sure. So the hoppy cream ale, it's uh, it's you know, it's a regular cream ale base. So you have kind of the sweet corn notes and in, in the smoother body, but we we dry hop it with cascades. Um, so we kind of, you know, Phil Gagne, who's the the overlord here, and uh, he was one of the brewers over at Schmidt there, um, he calls it the CPA, so he calls it the cream pale ale. <laughs> I like that. Um, so it's kind of a it's kind of a good uh, mixture of the two. It's a super approachable beer and, and delicious, and, you know, people who like craft beer enjoy that stuff too. It's not just your light approachable beer. Um, and then the uh, the uh, Smoke Black IPA, uh, is it, it's called Exhausted, and it's... Uh, it's a really good, roasty, well-balanced, smoked black IPA, um, and that's actually probably my favorite beer on the spread right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds uh, sounds pretty interesting. It's got to be kind of tricky when you're when you're first opening up because uh, you know you've you've got your home brewing background and everything, and but you know uh, we've talked to a lot of breweries 
newer ones, you know, ones that have haven't been open uh very long and and a lot of them have a very similar story. Like they opened up with the idea that, you know, this is going to be our flagship or this is going to be our number one seller, but then people start coming in and a lot of times they're surprised by what they end up ordering and what they end up selling the most of. So, how did you Talk a little bit about the process of settling on these beers being the ones that you're going to have on tap when you open the doors. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's some of our favorite beers that we've made over our home brewing career and, uh, you know, dialing in those recipes. But uh, we're really interested in seeing um, how they go over with the public and, you know, what what is selling and what is not. Um, it's going to be really interesting to get that information. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as picking those beer styles, we try to, to do a widespread. Um, so, you know, not everybody is solely focused on smoked beers, but uh, Max and I have a certain affinity for smoked beers. We wanted to have one of those on tap. Um, and then also a lighter option for people, which would be the CPA or the uh, dry hop Tepalizen. Um But also, you know, putting some beers on there that stand out and are a little bit different than just a regular pale ale. You know, we like to do uh, some cross blending of styles um, to try to differentiate a little bit. Um, so yeah, we're just uh, we're excited to have these beers on tap right now and uh, see how people enjoy them when we open. I'm talking with uh, Max and Jordan from Clutch Brewing Company, opening up today. Let's talk about your space a little bit. Tell uh, tell the listeners where you are, and then we'll kind of get into what's uh, what's unique about your about your space. So we are lucky enough to be in uh, one of the buildings of the Schmidt Brewery Complex down on West 7th. Um, it's, the, it's called the Keg and Case West 7th Market is what it's opening at. Um, and it used to be the old uh, Keg and Case house for Schmidt. They'd, they'd store all their stuff here. And we actually have the main entrance to this place is where the old train doors used to be, where the train would pull in and they'd load up all their all their beer and, and, and send it out to the country, you know? Um, and so we have the whole upstairs mezzanine. So it's kind of a floating brewery upstairs. You know, we've got our tap room, we've got all our fermenters out, the brew house is in the back corner. And then we have an excellent lounge over in the far corner. Um, and it's, it's just beautiful up here, but the market down below is also so incredible. There's a lot of, uh, really cool tenants here that we are lucky to be able to share the space with because everybody here is, so nice to work with. Um, we have uh, In Bloom is one of the restaurants, one of the anchor tenants. Those are the guys who did uh, Revival and Corner Table, mm. and they're they're doing some really cool stuff over here. Just um, the word Revival makes my mouth water now. Oh, well, <laughs> well, they have another spot in here, the Revival uh, Smoked Meats Restaurant. It's the Revival Smokehouse. Oh, my God. And they're going to be doing some excellent stuff there, and you know we were all super happy to hear that there was going to be a smokehouse in here. Sure. Um, and uh, Thomas actually has a big uh, trailer, like a pull-behind smoker outside for uh, the VIP event right now. Um, and uh, there's some other tenants in here, too. There's Gazta Cheese and Enhancements, and they have some really great stuff. Um, Five Watt Coffee has a new location in here. Uh, Sweet Science Ice Cream is in here, which is excellent. And then uh, Pimento Jamaican Kitchen is also over in the corner, and they're working on getting up and going as well. So that's, that's amazing. Uh, that's that's just the anchor tenants. There's a bunch of different tenants in the center of the market too that are just incredible. Can I just move there? Can I just move in? <laughs> I've already moved in, and I tell you, it's great. <laughs> it's <completely laughs> I mean, it sounds like no, it does. It sounds like this is going to be a a real genuine destination type spot. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are things for lunches. There's things, you know, just to come in. There's a woodworker here. Uh, there's Honeybee has some excellent honey stuff. Um, I mean, not just honey, but they've got other uh, other wellness things, and they have a indoor beehive, which I've heard is the only one on this continent. Huh. So so right now there's a there's a box in here that's got twenty five thousand bees in it, uh, working away creating a hive, and yeah, it's uh, you can get anything you want here. Oh, and there's pizza too. That's important. Everybody needs to know there's pizza here also. Yeah, you can. <laughs> so, uh, you really <laughs> should never be too far away from pizza at any time. It's just not Absolutely. safe. It's just not yeah, safe. We had a soft opening event last night, and we had several people say it was uh, like an adult playground in there. So, yeah, it sounds like it. I can't wait to come check it out. Um, have there have there been any discussions? You know, I have the with these restaurants. Like, if I'm if I'm hanging out at Clutch and enjoying a beer, will any of these food options be available to be delivered to to uh, to the tap room? So we're we're working with some folks on that. Um, a lot, aside from in bloom, um, a lot of the food options down there are kind of like counter service type things. So you oh, can okay. absolutely get something down there and bring it up to the tap room. That's not a problem at all. Oh, okay, that makes um, sense. We're, yeah, we're also talking with some folks about possibly having some runners to uh, you know run food up. Um, but yeah, we're we're looking forward to that collaboration in the future for sure. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it's going to be a really fun space. And again, congratulations, guys, on on opening up. I wish you nothing but uh, but the most uh, amazing success. And uh, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. So I will let you go. Thanks for giving us some time. Clutch Brewing, Max and Jordan, you guys, uh, congratulations. Thank you so Thanks, much, man. man. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely, we'll talk to you again real soon. Yep. Thanks. All right, coming up next on the Minnesota Beer Cast, as mentioned earlier, Schmidt was able to snag a few interviews while out at Camp Fair State. We will bring you those. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast, presented by our friends over at Freehouse Beer, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. Stephanie Shimp from Blue Plate Restaurants is here. Hey, Rosie. I don't have to tell you this, but you know, you have one of the best happy hours downtown. Well, at Mercury Dining Room and Rail, you can come for weekday happy hour. Again, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. And stay for dinner or another glass of wine. Yeah, they have steak and salmon, burgers and sandwiches, Mercury has it all. There's something for everyone at Mercury Dining Room and Rail at 5th and Marquette in downtown Minneapolis. Or online at mercurympls.com. Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast, presented by our friends over at Free House Beer. As mentioned earlier, Schmidt had the opportunity to go out to Camp Fair State and had a chance to chat with a few people out there. This is Schmidt talking with the folks from Eat for Equity. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for being here. It's been so fun to be part of Camp Fair State with Eat for Equity this weekend. Uh, we we've just really enjoyed ourselves. So tell tell us about Eat for Equity. We're a nonprofit and we organize community feasts for a cause. So what that looks like is every month uh, we bring together people to eat, drink, give what they can to support a different nonprofit cause. So those dinners can be house parties, they can be sit-down meals, um, they can be farm festivals. The common thread is that we're getting people together around a shared meal and a common cause. And w- these dinners are accessible and um, inclusive, participatory. You typically get to decide how much you can give. We encourage you to give generously. 
and you get to decide what that is. Maybe that's 25 bucks, maybe that's your time washing dishes, cooking the meal, serving beer. Um, there are so many ways that people can give and contribute. We pull them all together and we donate them to uh, a different nonprofit cause each time, one that addresses inequities in our community. So the food is always different at each of these events. Um, so for Camp Fair State, we themed it a, a, a little bit around beer. Yeah, um, I like that. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> uh, we use spent grains to make bread. Um, we use brewer's yeast to, to make a golden dressing. Uh, and uh, we took some um, inspiration from Fair State's Fair State's flavors and like classic um, hibiscus sour, mm -hmm. and we did a hibiscus um, barbecue and a uh, blackberry, blueberry, raspberry hibiscus um, cake. Yeah, the uh, the you guys did some uh, barbecue hibiscus flour. That was the the probably the most amazing. Guys, different barbecue I think I've ever had. Um, can you walk me through how how you make something that that unique or what the process is for for coming up with something like that? Sure. So um, in that we use dried whole hibiscus flowers. You can get these at uh, your local co-op or natural food store. You can also order it online. You want to get the biggest that you can, most intact. You you steep it, um, do a couple steepings on the on the stove, um, like you would do if you were brewing beer. Right. Bring it up to a boil, and it um, um, extract some of that that juice. That's really good juice. You can use that to flavor other other things. Are you essentially you making that, tea with that? Essentially. Yeah. And you pour okay. off the tea, and then you do another steeping because it's so concentrated. And then you can saute that up, flavor it any way you like. It really absorbs um, kind of tangy um, flavors really well. It can be great as a vegetarian subs vegetarian um, and vegan option for a, you know, a quote pulled pork or a taco filling. Oh yeah, we were talking about tacos last night. We were we were eating the the hibiscus. We're like, man, this would be great chopped up and thrown into some, some taco shells. But the textures are really very similar to a pulled meat. Yeah, it's got some, some real some real texture to it, which I didn't expect yeah. coming out of a, a, a flower. Yeah, pretty so, cool. Yeah, it's really neat. It's really neat to explore those those different textures and, and flavors. I never would have I never would have gone there on my own had I not been exposed to, to it here um, at Eat for Equity. That's cool. I mean, that's one of the things that we find, too, is maybe you're not going to order something at a restaurant that you have never had before. Maybe you, I don't know, are you going to buy it at the grocery store if you've never, I, if you've no, never I, seen I, I certainly bad. wouldn't because I'm not a big tea guy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, it's not going to be the first place I'm going to go is to go get some, some hibiscus flowers and travel down that path. But you did the work for me. <laughs> and, you know, as, as an example, we, we did a session here called Cooking for Yourself and Others, and people made um, made salads for themselves um, with watermelon radish, trying that for the first time. Um, 
uh, breaking up Romanesco, which is a kind of broccoli and cauliflower. I think being introduced to vegetables in an accessible way and an affordable way, you try it, yeah. you like it, yeah. and you realize you could do this for yourself. Yeah. Um, so volunteers make our dinners totally possible. Their Eat for Equity dinners are entirely volunteer made. Um, and everyone's welcome in the kitchen. You don't have to have prior kitchen experience. Just like, you know, be game, have fun, ask questions, and um, and work with others to make something that's pretty pretty amazing. I like that. That's fun. You know, I know myself and my family have done other volunteer activities. You know, where it's you know feed my starving children or things like that, where you can go in and volunteer and give back. But this is this is a really fun and I think unique way if you want to directly connect with your community, um, come and, and help partake and, and make a meal. That's, uh, I think, a, a really neat way of, of being able to, to give back. Um, how do you guys choose the, the partners that you um, choose to benefit through Eat for Equity? So our community nominates organizations to support. So you, anyone can nominate an organization. And then we have a volunteer committee um, who help organize the community feasts. And they review those nominations and prioritize them based on mission fit, collaboration, finances. You know, we're able to raise a couple thousand dollars at each of these meals. Um, and so what sort of impact would that have on the organization? What could they do with that money? Um, and the collaboration is super important to us. We're a small volunteer-driven organization. So we also you know, want the nonprofits that we support to have a local connection, mm -hmm. to be able to help us expand our community and, and then help us with dishwashing <laughs> and right. recruitment and, and all of that. So um, uh, that's that's how the organizations are chosen, and they uh, they're certainly not just food related. The organizations address inequities in health, the environment, education, and opportunity, and, and the short term relief, long term development. So, do you have any upcoming events uh, or opportunities where folks might want to be able to take part in that you'd like to plug? Absolutely. So we are working with the Minnesota Department of Transportation on a dinner on a bridge on Port on and around the Portland Avenue Bridge over I-94. So it's a free community dinner that's happening on Sunday, September 30th. It features a neighborhood cooks who. Um, so it's really a neighborhood-focused event. Um, everyone's welcome. It's a free dinner, uh, sit-down, family-style meal um, to bring people together during a time of construction. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of construction, as people know, happening yeah. um, around the intersection of 35W and 94, uh, wanting to get people together, connect um, uh, as neighbors, and share a meal together. And uh, so that's September 30th uh, on the Portland Avenue Bridge by Franklin Steel Park. It's going to be on the bridge. It's going to be around and on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, it. The majority of the meal will be taking place in the park that's just north of the bridge, but we'll be having some activities that stretch onto the bridge. That's very cool. And then um, we have monthly events uh, throughout the year. Um, one to look for in November is a is one we call the the welcome table. We've been doing this dinner series for the last three years, where again we feature four different cooks who each share a part of the meal and make, design the part of the meal and share a story about it. Um, 
reflecting on their own family story um, and, and heritage. And then we use that meal to um, bring people together to support an organization that works with immigrants and refugees, uh, really highlighting the way that food is this universal language and, and it's um, a great way to come together hear stories. And if folks want to find out more about E for Equity, do you have a website where folks can, can visit and find out more? Yeah, we have one of those. It's <laughs> called, it's eat for F-O-R, equity.org. So eat for equity.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Eat for Equity Minneapolis. There you have it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, it's been fun. Cheers. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks, Emily, for joining us. Thanks to uh, the folks at Fair State for having us up here to camp. And uh, thanks to Freehouse for sponsoring the show. Go check out Freehouse Beer. We'll be back after the break uh, after this. More from Camp Fair State coming up right after this on the Minnesota Beer Cap. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast presented by Free House Beer. Reminder, check out the iHeartRadio app, download it, follow the Minnesota Beer Cast there. You'll get notifications every time we post new episodes. It really is the best way to stay on top of the show and uh, check out all the new and archived episodes there. More from Camp Fair State right now. So, Schmitty here from the Minnesota Beer Cast, joined by friend of the show, Nick Hempfer. We're up at Camp Fair State. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. You having fun at camp? Dude, everyone should go to camp. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> What's been uh, your most uh, favorite fun activity thus far? Uh, sing along around the campfire with beer and scotch. <laughs> that wasn't a planned activity. That's just no, that that's just what happened <laughs> about 1 o'clock last night. <laughs> I, uh, I have to say mine probably thus far uh, activity-wise probably has been, I don't know, hatchet throw maybe that yeah. uh that's a lot of fun I, w- I was the unplanned nap time this morning while you guys were doing that hatchet throwing was what i was enjoying at that time so. <laughs> Un- unplanned nap time is is the best kind of nap time you just wake up and you're like oh i guess i guess that happened <laughs> if you can fit that in your day and it doesn't cause any sort of conflict you're, you're having a pretty good day um but uh we're up here at, at camp and uh man phenomenal phenomenal event uh, definitely having a great time uh, thanks to, to Ferris State for having us up here uh, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying myself sadly drew uh, punked out he's uh, he is not up here with us so that's why uh, Nick is gladly stepping Taking in your place son <laughs> so glad to have Nick here uh, friend of the show joining us and uh, also joining us is James from Minnesota barbecue company thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out James yeah it's been a fun time so you've been providing some fantastic food here here at camp. Um, tell us a little about Minnesota Barbecue Company. Uh, well, Minnesota Barbecue Company is, I guess, our most recent offshoot um, from Travail and Pig Ate My Pizza. And it's featuring Kale Tommy, who's been a chef with us for since the beginning, eight years. Um, so he's he's kind of taking the taking the lead on this thing, and we're currently building out our brick and mortar space. We've been doing catering, little events here and there for the last couple of years, and we're excited to get open on the fifteenth. <laughs> it's been a couple of years in the making. So is that going to be fifteenth of uh, October? October? Yeah. Okay. Going to be a big grand opening event, or is this going to be a slow rollout? I, th- I think we'll probably just just feel it out for the first couple of weeks, and then once we get our feet under us, we'll 
we'll go public and do an event. We're gonna we'll probably do an event with the with the Northeast Tattoo Shop that's right next door to us. Oh, cool! And they've been they've been open for I think just over a year. They haven't done a big event yet, and they're excited to do something as well. So hopefully we can get something before the snow flies. Do some uh, some micro like rib tattoos exactly. for everybody who comes on in and gets a takeout ribs. order. Yeah, if you get a Minnesota barbecue tattoo on your forehead, you get free barbecue for life. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. That's that's pretty tempting. <laughs> I see that look in your eyes, Schmitty. Yeah. I, you know what? I love me some barbecue. <laughs> hey, we might be able to strike a deal. <laughs> so uh, ahead of, of being able to go and, and actually have some of this barbecue, what uh, what can folks expect from the Minnesota Barbecue Company when it opens uh, on the 15th of October? I think I think we're going ex- to expect some traditional barbecue. Um, it's probably more more Texas style, but you know, as far as how we're cooking, um, sidecar smoker. Uh, I think once we get our feet under us, we'll start to play around with some some more indigenous sort of ingredients. But like any barbecue, you're cooking with with wood. That's really what it is. Um, and you're you're cooking food that is found around you. Like in Texas, you know, there's a lot of beef, so it's heavy on beef up here in the Minnesota Iowa region. We grow, we raise a lot of beef, we raise a lot of pork, we raise a lot of poultry, we raise a lot of duck. Um, so we'll feature that just like any other region that does barbecue that people can have you, traditionally. Have you ever do. done venison barbecue? So one of the things about barbecue is that it it benefits greatly from fat uh, okay. and. When you're dealing with lean items like venison or pheasant or some of this game, even rabbit, like you're gonna lose because the meat cooks so quickly and barbecue's all about slow and it also has no fat and that fat is really what absorbs flavor mm. in general. Um, but it also helps with your mouthfeel when you're eating it. So you gotta have fat. Got it. Um, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we think about, you know, I, I'm not much of a, of a hunter, um, but I mean, I, I, when others around me bring home venison, I, I try to take advantage of it. And you, you think about, you know, they bring home the sticks and they always add, you know, pork fat to it because yep. it's so, so doggone lean, exactly. right? Which is, you know, great for a, a quick fire steak or whatever, but it's not, not gonna lend itself well to, to that kind of barbecue. Slow it is, and it really is all about slow cooking. It's, you know, the wood itself, as it, you know, you wanna use dry wood because as it burns, it lets off a chemical, and the drier your wood is, the quicker that goes away, which gives you much cleaner flavor. Okay. Um, so you want to burn that off, and then you want that to, to kind of cool out and just gently add wood to it, keep that temperature right. That's what you're going to get your flavor. Smoke is smoke is like the sixth flavor or seventh flavor. I don't know how many damn flavors there are now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, they say fat's a flavor now, and a flavor, but I and smoke is is in that category with all these other things, right? So you're seasoning with wood instead of you know or along with salt mm-hmm. and sugar and you know then you're using acid and heavy things to to cut that right yeah and pickling of course is a major tradition in our, For sure. our neck of the woods so yeah. yeah pickles and barbecue they go hand to hand or pickles and smoke so we can take the barbecue was, what, out of it but what was the pickled item we had here with lunch day so was you had rad- pickled radish, radish and there was also a jalapeno vinegar yep that vinegar was Dynamite. Yeah, that's all you really need. Nice fatty piece of pork and some acid. Yeah, some acid. Right? <laughs> who needs that other stuff? So, but who knows? You know, maybe we'll as we get get our learn our smoker and you know we might be able to play around with some of this, these game items that we can find around here. And it's just you know it all depends on how on how the system ends up working. You know, ideally right. you want to you want to serve the barbecue within 30 minutes of it being done, right? And so if you're cooking pheasant and it's a 30 minute cook. 
you know that's we want people to be at the door when mm. that's done right so how do we how do we get people to, to come and do that without it sitting around and waiting right. and so that's one of the tricks to you know to doing what we're doing is it's not we're not trying to run it like like a restaurant like most places they're going to cook all their stuff they're going to hold it they're going to reheat it they're going to serve it to you so the trick for us is to figure out how to serve fresh barbecue got it sure because that's when it's at its best that's when you want people to eat it and i imagine so that's going to be that, that concept is that going to be easier for you guys being kind of a, a takeout style venue as opposed to to sit you in know, i think it's really about creating that that demand and like really teaching people that the this is when you need to come and get this and trying to push people in that sort of way. I think it's tough to just start out that way because there's not, people aren't used to going to restaurants like that, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're in Texas and you want to go to Franklin Barbecue, well, you know it opens at this time and you're going to wait in line and you're going to, it's, it's good until it's gone, right? Yeah. And that's an ideal way to do it. Now, if we can somehow translate that, you know, to here, that'd be great. But at the same time, if we're trying to cater to all these, all these tap rooms, you know, yeah. like, you can't just show up with meat and expect to sell it all. Well, maybe you can. Right? <laughs> I, and that's if, what we're going to find if, out. If it's Nick like, and I are there, you probably right. can. Salt. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of details that go into into really delivering the best product mm -hmm. to all these different facets, right? Whether it's people calling and ordering, whether it's somebody walking in the door, whether it's delivering to five tap rooms within a mile of where we are. Sure. Okay. So that I, part remains to be seen. No, I, I <laughs> it's think a great I, mystery. I think that's a legit challenge, you know, in, in thinking of of Minnesota and, and barbecue, you know, there's in my mind a, a few a few places. I mean Rudolph's just closed recently yep. and they were they were famous for some of their barbecue. Um, do you think that there is uh, I mean, clearly you guys think there's a space for it, being that you're opening a restaurant for it. But do you do you see there being other challenges, at, you know, opening the restaurant and, and getting Minnesotans involved and, and familiar with what barbecue can be, what barbecue should be? I, I think that I, my biggest fear is, is the seasons. Yeah. I, I really don't have my finger on. It seems to me that people eat barbecue in the summer. It's like this is when you want to eat it, right? So I'm I'm a little worried about what's going to happen going into the winter. Okay. Um, but I I think that there is a, a really high demand, and when people, I mean, when you go to any backyard barbecue, like people are excited about it, whether it's coming out of a smoker or coming off mm -hmm. the grill, right? Like it's so ingrained into what we do, you can't take it for granted. Um, and when you get a, a little bit different style, it's more honed in. I think people are going to be excited about it. It's just it's just not something that's available in the market in a in that way. You know, yeah. like there's barbecue out there, yeah. right? But is it what is it like? Is it real barbecue? Are people like pulling it right off the smoker and serving it to you? Or you know, even the big barbecue places like they're doing major volume. So and it's a restaurant, like. So you got to pre-cook all this stuff a day or two in advance, and then you got a method that you reheat it, right? So we're trying to avoid that, right? And trying to, you know, it's slow food and it's all a minute at the same time. Like this is when it's ready. This is how we're going to finish it. This is it's been on the, the brisket's been on for 16 hours, and now we got to serve it, right? Right. Um, yeah, bris brisket is is in my opinion where it's at. You know, a, a measure of a good barbecue place is is how good is the brisket. Yep. I've been to a, a number of places who you know claim to be the real deal, but you go in and the brisket is dry and it's tough and it's it might be smoky but it's no damn good chances are it's because it was cooked two or three days ago right yeah yeah <laughs> man it's there's, no good 
dude. And there's, that's not to say that someone didn't put love into it, but there's only so much you can do when you put it through the rigor like that, yeah, right? Like it's only, if, yeah. It's going to come out a certain way because that's. that's it might have started with love, but if, you, but if you reheated it three times and and it's dried out now, there's no love left in it. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter how how well you took care of it on the smoker. Are you? I'm assuming you guys are going to have brisket. We'll have brisket. Yep. Is uh? Do you guys have like a signature item or dish that you think is going to be something you can hang your hat on? I, I, I probably the brisket. Yeah. I mean, you know. We do we do some really nice beef ribs. The, the pork ribs are great. We experimented with a lot of different a lot of different cuts, but cook we're we're going to be cooking on something that we've never cooked on. So we're going to have to figure out what the smoker like does the really fly. well. Um, and, and kale makes really great sausages too. So nice. There'll be a lot of a lot of variety on the sausage front, and that's you know that's one of the one of the areas that we probably be able to incorporate things like venison and things like rabbit, things like that that are yeah. you know sort of part of our region because we can grind them into sausage and you can help that out and it's and people love that right yeah again like sausage is a huge a huge part oh, of yeah. the yeah. culture in minnesota oh, yeah. in this region <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah how is it how is that sausage fish atlanta ten thousand lakes else, there right? should be like, you should be able to get smoked exactly. fish all over the place yep. in minnesota and that's the thing too with fish is it's the same thing you know you're dealing with fat right so you want to yeah. you want to serve things that are you yeah. know like steelhead and salmon and trout yep because that's that meat lends itself to that. Mm. You start getting into the whitefish and some of these other things, yeah. and you just you just lose it because it's like cooking venison. There's nothing that's too lean, and it's just falling Leather. apart. We're, we're almost out of time for this segment. We're talking with the Minnesota Barbecue Company. One last question: Are you guys going to have bacon? Uh, you guys making house at all? Can folks get bacon uh, at the T- storefront? TBD. All right. Hey, have you have to, to stop in. in? You'll have to stop in. Opening uh, October fifteenth. Uh, check it out, uh, Minnesota Barbecue Company. Thanks so much for joining us, James. Thanks for having me. All Thanks. right, we'll be back after this. Listening to the Minnesota Beercast from Camp Fair State. Stephanie Shimp from Blue Plate Restaurants is here. Hey, Rosie. You know, we may be all about the blue, but we sure love the purple. Skull. (laughs) Game days downtown are awesome, especially at Mercury. Stop by and check out our game day pregame specials. Food specials, free house taps, and more. Come pregame the purple at Mercury Dining Room and Rail every Sunday before home games. Only blocks away from the stadium at 5th and Marquette in downtown Minneapolis or online at (laughs) mercurympls.com. segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast presented by Beer Beer More from Camp Fair State with Schmitty right here. All right, and we are back. This is Schmitty at Camp Fair State up in a beautiful Sturgeon Lake. I am having one heck of a good time up here. Um, you know, I love beer. I know listeners love beer. Um, but the other side of the coin, uh, usually in the AM, is coffee. Uh, if you don't love coffee, there might be something wrong with you. You might want to get yourself checked out. Uh, here at Camp Fair State, we are lucky enough to have the Duluth Coffee Company uh, here providing the, the caffeinated beverages all weekend long, and it has been fantastic. Here to kind of talk about the Duluth Coffee Company and, and what they do and their part in Camp Fair State is Alex. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming to the show, Alex. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little about uh, the Duluth Coffee Company. So, um, in all, it's been um, it's been around in Duluth for eight years, where it started out just out of our owner Eric's uh, garage, where he was roasting in a little three kilo uh, roaster and taking it around in his truck to uh, farmers markets. And uh, six years ago, um, he opened up a storefront on Superior, 
and the company has grown significantly. Like I've been with the company for a little over a year and even since then, um, from the roasting to the cold brew process to getting the word out about who we are and what we do has been just astounding. How did uh how did you guys come to be here at the the Camp Fair State? Did they just reach out to you guys and say, Hey, we can't we can't start the day with beer? Well, maybe Schmitty can, but <laughs> but some folks are gonna want coffee and we want you guys to kinda come in and, and help be the the other side of the coin well um, we do have a uh, relationship with the fair state co-op um, where they've used some of our coffees in their beers and I believe through that relationship um, they wanted to have us here as a sponsor so we bet so that we could provide coffee and uh, coffee education so here we are today and I understand you guys actually have kind of a neat beer relationship at the uh, the storefront is that correct yeah we do so uh, last summer we opened up a second uh, location that's two doors down from the cafe called the Roastery, where um, we have a much, much larger uh, roaster, it's a 70 kilo, where we have been able to expand our coffee um, business as well as be able to provide a little bit of um, a further relationship and education when it comes to alcohol, uh, especially because Duluth Coffee Company is very big about Duluth Loves Local, which is an awesome organization that's up there as well. So we highlight uh, Vikra Distillery um, because they're local, and um, Hoops, and Fair State, and a lot of Minnesota-based beer companies, as well as to further the education on the coffee that we provide. Very cool. Do you guys only do coffee beers, or is it, is it the whole the whole gamut? There's a there's a gamut. Um, <laughs> it's not just coffee beers, um, but we have had some good IPAs and pale ales, and have done some collaborations with Fair State and Hoops and Earthrider to incorporate our coffee with them as well as just to give them an extra space to give beer that's not coffee related. I love it. I love it. They, you know, they've been putting on educational seminars here at Camp Fair State um, and, I, and I've not attended one that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed here. Um, and you've done a few here. Kind of walk us through uh, the first one you did that was coffee cupping, which is a, a term I have not really heard of before when, when Davin was telling me that yeah, we're going to have Duluth Coffee Company doing coffee cupping. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I want to I want to take part. I unfortunately I'm not a very good planner and I was busy throwing hatchets and uh Which I heard was really fun. Yeah, it was awesome. It made me feel very manly to throw a hatchet and have it stick <laughs> in the wall. The, the couple times I got it to stick, it, it very satisfying. Um, but I was over there doing that when coffee cupping was going on, so I didn't realize. So if you if you could walk us through what coffee cupping is, I would I would be most grateful. Yeah, no problem. So a coffee cupping is basically a way to um, taste coffee in its most natural and purest form, so that you can get as much flavor and taste and aroma out of it as you can. Um, it sounds a little bit more pretentious than it actually is. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's used on a professional and an amateur spectrum just to, to really understand the nuances of coffee. And since we are at a, 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 a camp where, you know, we're doing beer and we had sessions about that. So it's very similar to beer when you're tasting flavor profiles and what tastes off and what tastes... It's all home good. brewing, just different ingredients. Yeah, just different ingredients. <laughs> So it, what is the, the technique for, for coffee company? Because I'm envisioning it at, at home, you know, if, I, if I've got access to 
five different types of beans and, and maybe varying um, levels of, of roast. Maybe I want to use cupping to decide which one I prefer most. Would that be uh, a good way to use coffee cupping? Yeah, you totally could use coffee cupping in that way. So, um, you start off, you know, usually with whole beans is the best way to do it. You grind those up pretty, pretty finely and you take like a, a sniff of those uh, dried beans to kind of get the first essence of what you think that coffee is going to taste like and you just kind of keep those notes in your head and you saturate those grounds with water and let it steep for a little while. Uh, there's a crust that forms on top that we call breaking the crust with a soup spoon or a tasting spoon which is a pretty deep spoon so you have um, that nice curve in there and you smell that and then we do next what is called scraping the scum so you take <laughs> <laughs> sounds delicious <laughs> it's, it's fun um, so then you take all those grounds and any excess foam off the top and then the fun really happens because you get to slurp if you're ever told not to slurp as a child this is the time that you can do it um, and that really is just to coat your mouth in the vapors and in the flavor of the coffee and then to kind of find the nuanced flavors of what it has to offer it. Um, at the shop we have what we call the flavor wheel. So if you're tasting something that is wine flavor to you, mm -hmm. what kind of wine? Is it a white wine? Is it a red wine? Is it a Cabernet? Is it a Chardonnay? Is it a Pinot Grigio? You, you taste fruit. It's right. stone fruit. You're thinking peaches, plums, like nectarines. So really uh, a way to like use your your food sense yeah. to kind of taste those flavors in the coffee. Yeah, it's the uh, like a, a, the way I've best described, uh, heard it described uh, as far as flavor descriptions is like a, a food thesaurus, right? When you want to describe the way flavors come across, uh, you know, it's best to uh, put them in terms of other flavors that are commonly understood and known with with other individuals or yourself right so you can you can identify what those compounds are are similar to and what you're experiencing otherwise it's exactly. it's like speaking a foreign language yeah. right <laughs> yeah and that's one thing about about Duluth coffee like we want to be like we are on that that third wave of coffee and we pride ourselves in our education and we don't want coffee to be unapproachable so while we may use big words or um, coffee lingo we definitely don't want that to intimidate people uh, we definitely are more than happy to sit across from you at the cafe and just explain to you what coffee means to us and how we found what we love whether that be um, a very bright and fruity or very dark and roasty uh, the differences between the flavors of what we have to offer or just if you are new to coffee and have no idea like I did when I moved to Duluth because I didn't drink coffee and had no idea yeah. um, but I've learned so much so that they trust me to come here to an event and explain all the knowledge that I've learned. Do you find that most coffee drinkers start out liking dark roast and change uh, the more they, they drink coffee or, or do most people have an idea of what they like and, and stick with that throughout their their lifetime? I feel like it's it's kind of I, I, I've noticed that most people who've come to the shop that are like novice coffee drinkers like the lighter roasts. Okay. And it's with a, a little bit of a, a push of the explanation of like maybe you like this flavor because that's all you know. Um, but if you'd like to try a darker roast, then go for it. And if you don't like it, that's totally fine, which is partially the reason why every Thursday at 3 p.m., 
we have public coffee company, cup, uh, public coffee cuppings, so that we can broaden people's knowledge, whether they be professionals or whether they be novices, whether they're a coffee nerd or they're just interested. You know, it's it's a way for us to not only talk to the community and uh, share who we are and share our education, but it's also a way for people to understand coffee on their own terms. That's neat. I like it that it's it's very casual and very approached but educational in, in the same sense where come in and enjoy a cup of coffee and, and learn more and experience more that's that's the, I love the the non-pretentious approach I think sometimes you walk into a coffee shop and you know the the barista behind the uh, the counter's got the skinny jeans on and is in a hurry to, to make the next cup and is not concerned with educating a consumer and and knowing what what it is you're really after and and giving you the the full experience they just want to fulfill the order and get on to the next so i like that it's a very approachable and educational experience that that's happening at duluth coffee company i think that's really neat yeah i mean we're we're more than happy to have a line out the door if that means we spent an extra five minutes talking to one person to figure out exactly what that what they like because we consider ourselves a neighborhood coffee shop and so we want not only people who love the coffee and we have relationships with already to enjoy it we also want new people who are just discovering it and we want them to be so satisfied that they want to come back and tell their friends and tell their family this place was amazing we have to come here very cool um, so if folks want to find out more about Duluth Coffee uh, any events you guys have coming up uh, where should they go do you have a website they can visit yes we do have a website it is DuluthCoffeeCompany.com we also um, have a place there where we can ship you any of our coffees we have Dynamics which we have um, every so often that can be found like here or there but we do have a limited supply as well as our flagships like the Ethiopia that we use for the home brewing today that we have all the time as well as next Saturday at Chester Bowl we will be at Fall Fest and then we will also be in Minneapolis on September 22nd for Hops and Hounds. There you go. Go check it out. Duluth Coffee Company. Thank you Alex so much for being a part of the BeerCast. Thank you for having me. And <laughs> thanks to uh, thanks to Fair State for having us here and thanks to our sponsor uh, Freehouse Beer. Go check them out. We'll be back uh, after this. You're listening to the Minnesota BeerCast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Minnesota BeerCast. We'll and be back with a brand new episode next week. Cheers, everybody. The fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.